podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Majestic. My brother, Justice Raji. All right. So it, it may be able to be told from the sound, but we are in person. Um, yes, you know, I mean, adding on today, catching up for the, the month of March. Um, and so we can just get into it. We don't, don't, don't got to tell everybody all our business. You know what I'm saying? But uh, so I think the place I want to start with is um, John Moran. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, this month, uh, there was a series of incidents. Um, and then most concerning the 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 video uh surfacing or being you know going Instagram live with a with a pistol in a nightclub in Denver and and from an overwhelming amount of concern, you know, John Morant sort of is having a having a moment and an issue. Um I guess the the league did actually technically give him like it was originally kinda of like they like the team and him agreed to sit down for a minute. And then they they constructed, I think, as a as a as a suspension, and you know, with like an eight game suspension, and it's just sort of an interesting situation because it, it you know it sparked a a a, a front line front end of like discussion in the sports sports world, and you know, with a subtext as I saw it also of sort of like so sports world level of like is this young man spiraling out of control or out into something dangerous or something unhealthy and, and largely for himself. Right. Um, and then also, I mean, I felt a subtext of some sort of almost like young men and, and, and society. And, you know, it didn't get all the way there in ways that it has in the past. I mean, I think there was probably some choice things said, you know, then people debating how much should be said about whatever was happening. And then people going, well, did he really do anything? Anyway, the, the the thing being, I guess you know. So I guess yeah. So where would you start? What was your your first thought on, on, this, oh, on this particular dynamic? There's, so I think there's there's a lot here, right? And I know we'll get into some of it, but I think the first layer is, and I'm not going to start with my perception of his irresponsibility mm-hmm. first, because um, I think we've all been 22 or 23. And I think we've all done regrettable things at 22 or 23. And many of us didn't have a gazillion dollars in our pocket and, and the keys to the castle. But we still were irresponsible broke. I know I was irresponsible and broke, which actually is more dangerous than being irresponsible and rich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're in a time where your your lack of discretion can be seen and you can actually project your lack of discretion to the world for consumption in a way that we just have never really been able to 
And, you know, I, I think that we just have to think about social media and what we've all come to understand as a constant and start to really process, is this constant okay in the way that we traditionally are understanding it? Mm-hmm. The access we have, the access we are willfully giving into our lives, um, the access we're giving in access we're giving people to our lives who don't share concern for us, mm-hmm. who don't like us, and and all of that, and and balance that with the idea that you are giving access because you think there are a certain subset of people who will want to see you dance in a strip club with your shirt off with a pistol in your finger. Mm-hmm. Meaning, at some point, there was something went off in your brain that said, you know what? They would love to see this shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And and it's interesting, too. I, and I, I I will join you in, in, in not getting into the judgment aspects and whatever at the moment. Because it, it definitely speaks to, like, why... Like and and understanding like why and I, and I and I did actually appreciate it. I I think that the general tone was sort of like almost like you know the people you know maybe you know people around him worried like yo what's up what's up with you like are you good you know I mean because this is a, a a series of you know a, alleged behaviors you know some things are, are are at least reported but maybe not you know substantiated to to you know to to some finer details but the indicators that something's happening with this young man, you know, and this is a young man, this is a 23-year-old, which again, you know, I was 23 once, and, you know, probably if there was a record of everything that happened around us at 23, there'd at least be something where someone, you know, may want to pull us to the side for a minute, like, hey, y'all brothers good? Y'all cool? Like, yeah, you know, you know, maybe not. <laughs> and, um, but like all of the other things are like, like kind of riding within this, right? It's like you have, you know, a league that has less young stars um, that mm. are America or for like grew up in mm. America. Like we have lots of the, most of the players are still all players from you know the United States, but stars like the 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 top five stars under twenty, you know, eight. I think you know almost all of them. You know, Giannis. You know, you might look at Giannis and say, "Oh, Giannis, he like you know, he's, he's, he's African American, <laughs> right?" But he grew up in Greece, you know, in Nigeria. Like he's not, he didn't grow up here. Um, Luca <laughs> didn't grow up here. Uh, uh, what's uh, Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid, you know, came here as 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 like a teenager, but you know, in many ways, is is not from here in that sense. And that you have, and then you have. Um, you know the, the the subtext of the city of Memphis and the relationship with the team, and that Memphis is a certain kind of city, and then that you know you know I think and I don't know he's not from Memphis, but he's from and he, he's where is he is he from like somewhere on that Midwest yeah. Yeah. South border yeah. <laughs> regions yeah. region lands, um, so you know in that there's an intimate relationship with him and the city, and people have spoken to the idea that like. Parts of the way he plays the game speaks to the kind of the nature of the city in terms of a certain level of aggressiveness and and go get it. I, I would argue he's probably encapsulated a city in a way that no one has probably since AI in Philly. Yeah, like where you would just say like this player is encapsulating the way that this team and this broader city kind of shows up. Yeah, and so then to have that person 
you know, if I was in my, my programmatic work days and this was one of my, my young men that I was engaged with, I'd be like, yo, fam, like, fam, what's up? Like, like, I don't know what's happening with your day, but it's, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong or that you did something wrong, but I'm concerned that something wrong is happening. And then on the other side, like connected to that, it's not just you, it's how whatever, wherever you was at, wherever you were doing, that someone may decide to harm you due to their interpretation of what oh. they're seeing you doing, right? And that you didn't have people around you that you could say to you, hey, dancing in a strip club, that's a conversation. Dancing with your shirt off, that's a conversation. Dancing with your strip club in a <laughs> shirt off in a strip club, that's even something. Dancing with a pistol is never okay. So that, yeah, that, exactly. that we just we just get it out of the way. Right. Like it becomes it becomes a no go once you got a pistol in your hand. But right. like there's no one there's no one there with you. Um and then we saw the subsequent pictures that came out, which also indicated like, okay, they just sold you out for whatever how I many pieces of silver to, you know, show you that you're that you're not safe. But I think also to your point and what you're saying, and I appreciate your, you know, just think how you're, you know, saying things but not saying them. These are parts of other broader behaviors. So whether you think it's, again, everything is up in, it's your business up until the point where you dance with a gun in your hand, that, mm-hmm. that's contract detrimental to your team and you're going to be suspended. <laughs> but all the rest of it is just like, well, that's one thing, but then red dots and... Yeah, red dots, you know, point at but alleged squire scripts, scribby scraps with with seventeen year olds at your house. At your house, you know, going, you know, allegedly going to the mall to respond to a, a family support incident of some nature, right? With a salesperson, this this, this don't seem, you know, yeah. these are, and it it. It, it interesting thing though I think it also presents is this circumstance and and again I I think about this from my days of doing programmatic work where like where people go like well nothing happened like he didn't break no laws in none of these incidents or maybe didn't you know what I'm saying what we could tell right right and it'd be like yeah but that's not the, it, the it, I, like I'm, I'm not I, I used to tell people I'm not law enforcement I'm not here I don't hear about the laws I'm concerned about if what you spend your time doing opens you up to risks that could harm you and then how are me and you how are you how do you understand that from your own capacity you know the way you look at your life and then do you see where you know there could be something here that something could happen that you may or may not want right and and that like from a, a therapeutic uh, a mentorship and engagement perspective we you know you look at that and you go like yeah like you know what are you spending your time on right like you know if you and and then if you're going to be doing these things, like all of these things then become like, you know, maybe these weren't the best way to handle these situations, right? And that, that within any of these, there's opportunity, again, for something to happen either where you're harmed, someone else is harmed, uh, a, a, a law is broken that could lead you to lose the capacity to be out here in the community with us, um, you know, and something maybe that can't be easily repaired occurs whether it's you know it's illegal or not illegal the thing is about the the the, the personal or damage to others and and trying to but then the the challenge of like how, how lacking we are in the language even to dis- discuss that especially in the mass media context so then it becomes just like 
yeah, are you being like a good citizen? Which is like, you know, I, I, like I know where folks are going with that, but then right. it becomes like it starts to get it can start getting a little murky right. <laughs> with what way the way folks are evaluating that and. You know, it can get into like, well, you shouldn't be going to strip clubs. I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't, but like, you know, I live in Oregon. There's strip clubs everywhere. Like, first, so, yeah, like ultimately, you know. But again, like as you, I think you put it well. Like the strip club, dancing with the shirt off in the strip club, <laughs> dancing with a pistol, no matter what you had on, not a good idea. Even if you weren't in the strip club, it was just you dancing with a with a pistol in your backyard. You could be dancing with a pistol is, on a street corner, right? It's just never a good idea in the middle of the forest, no one around. Or, <laughs> On the beach, and you can't see the, all you can see is the ocean and the trees. All of these would be bad. You know what I'm saying? All of these would not be anyone that um, has had any training or anyone that would give you any training on you know, the safeties with firearms. All of these would be bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, open the discussion of like, well, you're not in the state you live in, live in with a firearm. How did the, how did, how did firearm get there? Yeah. Right? Like, woo, starts getting real complicated. And and I just I, I think that as a I, I I was positively encouraged that I felt like again folks were actually concerned about the well-being of him the person yeah and we didn't we didn't I mean you know I'm sure there were bubbles and I'm sure I can find the think piece that's like you know uh, like a late 90s thug article I'm sure yeah. there's one out there I'm positive because we live where we live um but the 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 concern of like yo what are your decisions that you're making and how are those decisions exposing you to things and then you know and then we can get into like what message are you sending to the kids like yeah that you know that's a complicated thing like they, these are definitely not things you want to model to children um, also you know this challenge of the social media of like whoever's watching the channel is watching the channel if you're treating your social if your social media is like watching Raji TV right you know what I'm saying now whatever I'm showing you here is what I'm showing and I'm not, I have no, uh, you know, does it come with a, a under 18, you know, go check in with your parents, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> no. you watch what's about to happen on here. And I, and, and you know, I, I will say this now at this point about that. We talk about that for a young man who is very talented at the process of, putting a ball in a basket, dribbling the ball to get the ball to the basket, stopping you from putting the ball in the basket, jumping high to block your shot, and then running down the field, running down the court to put the ball in the basket again, mm-hmm. and a whole host of other things. Um, you know, this is not going back to the Charles Barkley world, but I don't know or think if John Morant signed up to be a role model. I think we have hoisted him to a role model because he's very good at what he does. Um. And that's just what that is. Now, number two, the the, the conversation starts to be, you know, um, I go back to, you know, when we were going to Canada in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, they used to talk about how Toronto in particular, so you Hamilton and Toronto, shouts out to the Gosners out there, like, they used to talk about how Toronto and Hamilton was before Rap City and like after Rap City, mm-hmm. right? And I got to say, this is where the Boondocks, like I watch the Boondocks now and I'm like, man, he was like a soothsayer. He never did anything after that. You ever noticed like Magruder? Like, yeah, I mean, I've, 
imagining somewhere doing some sort of writing thing. Something that maybe must, I don't know, hope he's taking care of himself. Brother, yeah, if you're I out there, like Aaron Magruder, hope you are, you're good. He, yeah, he's almost like a prophet. <laughs> like, because he was almost prophet. Like, well, like, yeah. I always watched it. Me and Messiah watched MLK one the other night. It was kind of like prophetic. <laughs> um, but this one, too, of like, and this is what they would call it. So I just want to be clear for the terminology I'm using while people understand it. What we understood was like nigga imperialism. And I want to be clear why I'm saying this. This is like specific messages coming from the U.S. of a very specific United States experience with white supremacy and racism being, um, you know, quite robust in its way that it interacted with us. And then we are projecting messages to other people who did have experiences white supremacy and racism while they were not the same. Mm -hmm. They were different, but they started to utilize messaging in the same way or that that we were having it. And so when you get John Morant, whose father was a professional basketball player, whose mother was also an accomplished athlete, Mm -hmm. um, who by all accounts, um, you know, spent time in in some of the best schools um, and, you know, didn't miss too many of meals Mm -hmm. at some juncture, feeling like he had to show out and show himself in a manner of being in the strip club dancing with a pistol, with a pistol, which is which is the only legal thing. The other stuff is just, uh, but the only legal thing here is a dancing with a pistol that we don't think is yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the broader message messages. Now, if you're having a challenge saying, "Hey, the kids shouldn't see it," the question starts to be, well, "What else shouldn't the kids see? Yeah. Do we also present information to kids that they should not see?" And if that's the case, we need to check all the messages that kids are not seeing, you know, so that we can be thoughtful around what our children are are getting and and, and processing. Yeah. The um the the next thing that it got me thinking about is, you know, the way even that construct of like what the kids are watching and what the kids are seeing is the selective use of uh, kids. You know what I mean? Like, people care about the kids, you know, in certain contexts, and in other contexts, they don't care about the kids. And, um, you know, I think there's always the opportunity that uh, as adults, you can look at your kids seeing something challenging as, you know, I don't know, an affront to your overall values. You can see it as a, an affront to, you know, your, your, your norms. Um, you can also see it as an opportunity to articulate your family's values. When your kids say like, Hey, like, you know, why is John Morant not playing? And he'd be like, well, do you, what do you know about it? And they go, well, they said he was suspended or he was sitting down or something. And he was in a strip club or a gun. I, I don't know. I can't tell. I don't understand. Right. And he'd be like, you know, then you can have a conversation about like judgment and choices and, and responsibilities and like, you know, him as a player, he has a responsibility, like who are the people he has a responsibility to, right? Like he has responsibility to himself, right? He has responsibility to his teammates, he has responsibility to the to, to the fans to a degree, he has responsibility to the organization. The organization has responsibility to him. Like you can have a conversation about that, right? Some people, that's how I would look at it, right? Other right. people, maybe that's not how they do their, their parental thing and, you know, that's what that is, but you know, I, I'm often not as concerned with that because stuff happens in the world, right? Like, it, stuff has happened in the world. 
and stuff will continue to happen in the world. And your kids are going to have to figure out, you know, how to talk about it. The adults are going to need to figure out how to talk about it. I don't think trying to like avoid the presence of it is a, is a, is a, is a healthy strategy. And, you know, and I feel real firm about that. It's not, to me, it's not a healthy strategy. Um, but I do understand the concern, especially if something is particularly, you know, explicit in, in, in the world of violence or or, 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 you know, what could be, you know, sexual or whatever. Yeah. Like there is a place there where it's like, you know, certain stuff we don't really need to see. <laughs> like, you know, if, if at least, you know, it's some stuff as though I don't want to see. Right. Right. If I don't have to, like if I see it, then I got to deal with it, but I ain't, I ain't hunting it out. You know what I'm saying? So it's a very, you know, it went there obviously in the, in the, in our public conversation. I, I was glad to see it didn't, didn't seem to linger there, but there is a, um, you know, the sense that, you know, the way we still society will go like, again, if there's somewhere in your city, in your, in your town, wherever you live, whatever your racial ethnic background, there's a 23 year old making a questionable decision. Oh. And there's a lot of you who would not engage in the conversation about that young person's well-being if they weren't on TV dribbling a basketball. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And that's something I think as a larger group of society, we got to go like, yeah, man, like when do I check in on a 23-year-old? Do I even have the apparatus to touch base with a 23-year-old that might be making a questionable decision right now uh, somewhere in proximity to me? You know what I mean? And before you at least to me, before you would get too far up on a, on a high horse about what John Morant should or shouldn't done do or what should or shouldn't happen to him, I would encourage us to go like, yeah, where actually am I at in my capacity to go like, hey, you know, 20-year-olds, what's happening over there? Y'all good over by the, you know, the, the, whatever the proverbial... Insert. <laughs> the insert, you know, place where stuff might happen that you'd be like, <laughs> I'll be going over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think everyone, I think everybody... Again, regardless of your uh, racial ethnic background, class, culture, there's some places like they went where? Oh no! All right, um, they get back. Everybody get back. Okay, fifth ward. Yeah, fifth ward. Yeah, you made curry. You might have wanted to make a visit. Go, nah, keep keep on pushing. You know what I'm saying? Not not today. So uh, man, not today. Um, yeah. So I guess that's my biggest thing on that. Did you have some other thoughts on John? Um, no. Nah, I mean, listen. I think the guy, you know, the young man. And his family, which is, and I want to reinforce that, young man and his family. Because it's what Adam Silver is going to do. Adam Silver is going to act on behalf of the brand. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? The Memphis Grizzlies are going to act on behalf of the team primarily. I'm not acting that they won't care about him as a person. But we know who their primary alliances and allegiances are, too. Him and his family are thinking about how he moves forward. And, you know, I don't want to go too far into obscure NBA history here, but, you know, once you get to like 82 and 83, you start to see all these really, really skilled basketball, black male basketball, I mean, it was NBA, so it was black male basketball players or males, um, that Michael Ray Richardson, Bernard King, they're all these guys that you think about, like leading up to the times that, could have been and would have been these guys and they weren't um, for a variety of reasons. But you do have now like NBA players who were like second generation shit and soon with the Vanderways or the Bill Waltons of the world will probably get the third generation Zooms. Um, uh, yeah. You know, like of like 
generational basketball players yeah. and families. And so I think you see a different thing, right? You see a lot of basketball players who are sons, you know, of basketball players mm. um, and daughters in, in, in the WNBA to give respect to that. So we're yeah. not, you know. Absolutely. So I think his family came to his aid in a ways that was appropriate and us understanding that he is a 22 or 23-year-old young man whose family is also coming to his aid which is what we should and would expect in any other situation with any other person who was mm-hmm. good in any other thing. It's not just him. Yeah. Right. And from a community perspective and from, for black males and I need to be specific here, it's important that people understand it's not just him. Yeah. You know, um, and so it'll be okay. You know, uh, I'm a voice. I'm a, I will take one moment to voice the echo, the voice of the barbershop. <laughs> You know, he'll be okay, won't mess up his money. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah, right. barbershops all across America, yeah. everybody's scared he's going to mess up his money. He's going to lose his Nike contract. Um, but I think he'll, I think he'll be okay. But it, it, it's cautionary. Um, you know, if you want to just see a profit, just watch the boondocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I think he'll be okay. But I think it's um, in the bigger picture. It's just, it's it, it, regrettable. But but not something you should count them out about. Yeah, yeah. And um, all right. And the only thing else I'll add is is just the um, just the idea that there are like for everybody, there's stakes. I mean, for the decision, like what's happening in your life, and then what you're doing in the world, right? And like his stakes, we feel more comfortable or clearly feel like mm. we understand them. That's right. But actually, for everybody, wherever you're at, and again, for the twenty. Two twenty-three year olds in your in your community right now that they have stakes too, right? Their stakes may not appear as as focused for you, but you know, yeah, their stakes <laughs> to what you're doing. Um, you know, live your life, do your decisions, make decisions, live with your consequences. You know, make the best choices you can, but understand their stakes. So, actual fact, word out. Um, cool. So, uh, second thing, yeah, we wanted to add on about so, uh, which is the, um, the revelations or the outcomes with the uh, Bruce's Beach in uh, yeah. L.A. County, and some folks may not recall or remember, but that was Bruce's Beach is was a, and it was I think I would say it was like in the height of of some of the uh, circumstances in the in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and the different different levels of civic, uh, you know, um, uprise and engagement and stuff going on and conversations, arguments and the revelation of the story, which, you know, wasn't a totally new story at the time, but again, gained a larger national spotlight about, um, you know, a, a black owned beach resort basically in what is now Manhattan beach in LA County. Uh, this was in the thirties and basically the, the, the black owners, um, one of the, the beach of, of this, of, of, uh, it's a hotel um, and then with access to the beach, and that they were basically eminent domained out of the property. Um, and, you know, that there had been, before whatever revelations came to us as a larger society, larger country, there had been some family members who had been fighting uh, to try to get something done to get the land back or to, to get some, you know, recompense for what was taken, um, you know, taken at an unfair rate, I guess I should add. Um, and fast forward to the, to, the, to the crux of the story is that due to some other legal changes and then the, and also just the political will being in the place in this clear, identifiable situation where you had heirs and you had land, 
um, L.A. County was able to, I think it was L.A. County, made mm-hmm. the vote, yeah, yeah. Um, to give the land back to the heirs, the, heir, the surviving heirs that had the rights to claim it um, in the family. Um, after, you know, receiving the land, the family, you know, through whatever process they made, those heirs decided actually to sell the land. Um, in this case, I think it sold it back to the county. Um, and and the, the 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 rising, I guess, conversation that I thought it was significant about this because it raised all sorts of issues about um, reparative acts, um, who should benefit, how folks saw it, and and to say that there were a mix of you know some folks who felt empowered and happy for the family that they got to a resolution that they were happy with and then other folks who felt you know the family should have kept the land um and and either developed it themselves or just something like basically did something different than what happened um i have not heard many voices in just a general like we still we mad that y'all did anything but again i think because of circumstance it was kind of like oh this is pretty clear like yeah they were displaced in an totally unfair way and you know it was very clear who we're talking about you know, I, you know, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure I could probably go find some <laughs> article of that, 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 but I'm not here for that. So the, um, so yeah, I wanted to get some of your thoughts about like that thing because I think I think it speaks to some really complicated issues about agency, about uh, repair and reparations, and um, you know where we're going, where we've been. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it, you know. I want to highlight the points you made about agency, repair, reparations, and then the relationship between the individual and the collective of of black folks. And when black folks come together to do something for individuals, what do we perceive as the responsibility of that individual mm-hmm. in regard now to the collective? Yeah. Um, and so when you look at obviously writing a historical wrong that we know is a historical wrong. And I will say it's interesting that like we've seen, so we see so many of these historical wrongs. We almost just write it off like, Oh yeah, they damn, they took the property in the thirties yeah. versus like, no, like you actually took someone's stuff that like you shouldn't have in the property laws in America. Some of the few laws that are supposed to be ironclad. Yeah. Right. Pretty, pretty hot rock solid. They rock solid in America. Like you shouldn't be able to take somebody's shit, but yeah. you did. And now it's worth a lot of money Mm -hmm. because you didn't want them to have it, which is which is really important. Remember, you took somebody's shit because you didn't think they were worthy to have it, even though they bought it and were industrious women and men using it. Yep, you just didn't want them to have it. And you know, history obscures some of that because we're so used to white supremacy and racism. We'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, they got their stuff taken. No, 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 no. They were industrious women and men who got their shit taken from a government who didn't want them to have it because they didn't think they deserved it. But so I digress from that. But the idea that that was a wrong, you right the wrong, Mm -hmm. and then as much as we talk about Black Lives Matter, or we did talk about it because we're not talking about it no more, how much does Black agency matter? And how much does Black agency matter even when you disagree? Mm Mm-hmm. See, black agency and black lives are always great when they would do what you would do. But how much are black lives great or black agency great when they would do something that you wouldn't do? 
and then we see in this example, this example of some people saying like, hey, we fought for your family to get this back for you to do something different. And they decided to do what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's like, how do you get to have that conversation about that? And then there is a con- there, there is a intellectual dialogue. They don't owe people anything. But if like people do come to your aid to get something rested back into your interest that was in that was a historical wrong. Is it is there a collective responsibility? I you know, I'm still thinking through this because on one level I think like, hey, it was ours. They gave it back to us. We did what we did with it. But if you did fight I can understand I can understand some activists and some folks thinking like you fought the fought fight. You got it back and then you sold it. So nothing's different. So if you were looking for some societal change, and I think that's the distinction I'll make. Were you looking for some societal change or were you looking for some personal reparation? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that gets to the 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 the, the something that's at the heart of the even the discussion. Because there are things when we're we we can speak of like, you know, folks individually getting displaced right and and the specific circumstances of either whether whether it's the highway construction or a building being built or whatever it was you know what i'm saying you know bad you know terrible uh sneaky you know underhanded uh you know property purchasing practices right and uh and then especially by a, a culpable entity you know what i'm saying as in, in i.e the government you know which still owned the land basically i think i think almost from the time that it was eminent domain almost right so you have a clear kind of channel right right where in other circumstances circumstances might be murkier right but then there is the conversation of like okay if if we're going to return something to an individual and not saying i'm against but do we also, all of us fighting for it, you know, also have the conversation like, yeah, you know, when we return it to the individual, we're giving it to them to yeah. do as they please. Yes. No. Right. right. And and now if you want to have conditions on like what they're going to do, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if that flies in, 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 in the, in the, in the structure that we have, um, they, they may decide, you know, through their own, you know, you know, processes or circumstances to, to to do something that they're like, yeah, and now we're going to hold it. We're going to build a, a trust company, a trust entity to hold the land so that, you know, it doesn't bear on our like individual finances that now we have this very valuable piece of property in the middle of Manhattan Beach. <laughs> um, that, but then it probably has restrictions and zoning things and, you know, whatever that may be. And we're going to hold it for some long term plan. And we, you know, assuming we have the means to get the capacity to protect those individual heirs, you know, um, you know, personal situations so that they can afford that. Um, you know, but anything can happen. Like, one of them heirs can have it and then they could pass. And then the one, they got, they ain't have no, they had no paperwork, right? And so they got four kids and two of the kids is getting along. One kid's not, you know what I mean? And the, and the third kid, because of the way labor look, it's like, nah, we going to sell it. Like, all kinds of stuff can happen that, because the rest of the rules that surround this change don't necessarily point to maybe whatever, whatever vision folks may have. Yeah. Right. And so, I think sometimes we can lose within the idea of like people doing certain things that 
preceding the action of doing certain things that we've already engaged and connected and then we're in the same place about doing those what certain things right you know what i'm saying and you can just assume you know like you know and then like anything else stuff we get things get framed you know in the in the one piece that i read on it on the situation you know people who like traveled out to see where that property was almost and i like yeah i wanted to see where this happened man because i was so I, I was so moved by the story Mm-hmm. Right. And then like I wish they could have did this or did that with it. And like it's not wrong to wish that. Right. Right. It's also not wrong for some other outcome to happen. You know, but it but it speaks to um even when you get into, you know, if if, if we can get there and, and, and I and I saw something and I haven't been able to research it, but that Randall Rob is is Randall Robinson may have passed? Yeah, Randall Robinson. He did yeah, pass. He okay. Passed, yeah. So just as someone who spent most of their life working on, you know, who was, at least to my knowledge, like kind of the the, the 80s wave, the first wave of really working on a, a national conversation about national reparations and what it could day. look like yeah. for black people. Like, it's a, it's a lot of complicated layers about executing the idea mm-hmm. and what it could mean. But then what will always... You know what can be a danger in the coming out, of the creating of a reparations model, is also like concerns about that could be quite paternalistic about what you should what you should be required to do if 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 this was you know we were able to get there with the political will and the structure and mm-hmm. and those of us who've experienced you know descendants of blah 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 and then you know the, the checks if it's if it's checks and loan and and grants or like if it's loan land loans i don't know all kinds of the various formations of that where then people go but we're gonna put this in there because we don't want you to go and do this with it and I'm like, wait a minute i thought i was getting repaired like i didn't know i was <laughs> like i thought right but this these are very and am i getting repaired within limits yeah right like, yeah. uh, what are the limits to which i'm being repaired and i mean even if you look at some of the things that have come closest to reparations legislation like Everson, Illinois, mm-hmm. it's been like, okay, if y'all lived over there, y'all can get a home loan. Yeah. Right? Like, which, again, and I want to be thoughtful from a public policy, from a local public policy perspective, mm-hmm. it's much more limited than a national decision. Yeah. 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 Right? The federal government decides to recompense people for what was happening to them. Yeah. That is different than a local place identifying that there was harm and this is how they're going to be thoughtful. So I, I want to start yeah. there. Like, yeah. And then I think it's important to go even within that, that that local place being like, this is what we know we have the capacity to do because it would be wrong for them to be like, we're going to give them $5 million. And be like, where are you going to get that money from? Your local government. You're like, yeah, you're right. We have nowhere to get that money. Right. right, and we can't we can't run a credit card like the government can't. You make you right. know, they can't float a bond to pay something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so then it gets into the mechanics where people are like, oh, well, why 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 can't they? And I'm like, well, you know, you gonna float a bond for wrong? Like, yeah, like, like you know that that again, you you acknowledge people in this space were done wrong, and if you can get to a clo- a, a place, but again, even Evanston, which I think is the closest place so far, I know DC is doing some stuff around it. Um, they they put some stuff in around a, re- a reparations um, uh, bill. Uh, Councilman McDuffie um, out of out of DC, but like yeah, it's house loans. It's like it it's still within limits, mm-hmm. and I get it because at the same time you were limited in the ability to do this thing. So there still is this relationship of like what does repair look like and what does response look like. Bruce's Beach was a little different. Like we took it from you. 
Yeah. We we didn't we 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 harmed you in the ether, but yeah. we harmed you in real time. Yeah. And so again, okay, if we all it's like Brewster's millions. If we all get you some money, or you become like Richard Pryor and blow it all. Like, like you know what I mean? And like, why are you spending all this money? <laughs> why are you spending? Yeah, I'm yeah, word up. This is a ridiculous movie. That I mean, that was clearly when he was over there. He when he started doing that. Oh, yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the movies where it's like you know, and I know some people listening like, yo, these these guys talk about all kind of crazy stuff. But I also want to say quickly about that. He didn't do a lot of that in Harlem Nights. Yeah, no, no, no. He was. I think he was clear, like was settled it? down. Yeah, because if you if yeah, Bruce's Million, the Toy, like all those movies. What was the movie where he used to run? Where the kids were running, they were move, moving, moving. Yeah, where they were the twins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of Richard Pryor movies between like nineteen eighty two and like nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Like many more than we, if you really yeah, think about it, was Stir remember. Crazy. Stir Crazy. Yep. Yeah. And this is not talking about the actual comedy shows, but anyway, but like, you know, are we okay with people's ability to, pardon my language, fuck up or do what we are not okay with? Yeah. And does that signal success? Does that signal growth or not? And again, I'm not actually, I'm not positioning or positing a value because I think it's about a conversation. And, and and I will say this, especially as racial equity and racial justice, more importantly, seems to cascade out of view of most of the cities in America. Mm-hmm. Whatever people are doing in cities to think about recompense, whatever we're doing to think about repair, whatever we're doing to think about agency, needs to be more clear than ever. Because the window... If it has not closed or the Overton window, as you know, folks who like to talk about, if the Overton window has not passed the station Mm -hmm. of Overton, (laughs) it is passing soon. So the clarity on how we're relating to individuals and collectives and how we're doing this as a community needs to be more clear than ever, or at least from a public policy perspective needs to be clear internally we can do what we need to do but it needs to be clear because if not it'll be difficult even for people to receive reward and re- not reward but repair based on challenges because different people have different perspectives yeah 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 and i think it's i think it's very you know i i think as a as a as a, as a occurrence it's a very Again, I think it's like such a unique and specific situation, and and it, and it's kind of like so many very clear lines, and then I think also a clear like we kind of see what the future is of the place, where like you know there's places where folks have been have lost something or been harmed, or harmed in ways that are not as clearly material. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that is a like you know much more you know if you juxtapose that this discussion with like if you if we, in one day we should talk about the documentary you know the, the descendants you know what i'm saying of the, of the clotilda where you have this much more layered and complicated circumstance around like what you know what's happening there mm-hmm. <laughs> which fits into the larger you know kind of national repair reparations you know discussion because it's you know, it's not uh, it's not this single incident at this single site. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, in terms of impact on you, what what happened, what's happened with your family or with your folks, 
it's, you know, the, the larger reparations conversation is a much broader um thing. It's a much broader issue. It's multi-generational, it's multi-place, yes. um, it's multiple governments. <laughs> it's multi yes. like yeah. so when you start trying to figure out like how do we do this, you know, I I applaud the efforts in different places to try to do to start to, to do something, you know, within the will of trying to like, get really us there as, uh, on a on a, a nationwide level where we go like, all right, we wanna we wanna we wanna look at this and say we have the capacity now to 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 make to 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 try to make some right where where wrongs were done and wrongs were done, you know, explicitly and and aim for others to benefit. Um, so, but but I do, I do think that that is where we have gotten of bringing this to bear is one conversation where we need to get with the specifics mm-hmm. is another, another. Yeah. and we don't need to we don't need to minimize the fact that now we got to fill in the details. Yeah. Right. Like the details are important here. Right. Like we it, but if you didn't raise it, you couldn't even get to the details. So yeah. that was necessary. And I would never call it insufficient. But you do now need to start dealing with like legally, structurally and also culturally, because you don't want future generations to be like, oh, man, that was some that was some stuff y'all did back then. I often think about the apartheid. I think about the um, apartheid movement, anti-apartheid movement. Um. And how watching my parents be supportive of 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 you know um you know not supporting South Africa um culturally, there was a place where stuff made sense. So culturally, I mean, there were people fighting for very particular things around the Cougaran. They were fighting to take investment out. But then it was like, yo, if Coke is invested in South Africa, we drink Pepsi. Mm-hmm. If Reebok is invested in South Africa, then we don't do it. If Sun City is a place where you go and perform, then we're not going to perform in Sun City. Mm-hmm. Right? So it got to a cultural place where people started to understand what it meant not to support the racist government of, of, of you know, of South Africa. And I do think we need to get to that kind of place where, that, where we're talking about now, mm-hmm. we start to support what the legal parameters start to look like. So you don't have a legal conversation that's separate and distinct from a cultural conversation mm-hmm. that then again, multiple generations who never knew about that movement would just be like, uh, that was some that was some stuff y'all did in eighty eight, man. Yeah, yeah, like we ain't, we ain't we have no connection to that and we have no relate we have no relationship to the decisions that y'all made and why there was a cultural and political strategy that was aligned at that time to advance an interest, which was one of the most powerful things that was done, which I think, frankly, black folks in America don't take enough credit for. Mm-hmm. Is because to do that while the crack while crack was happening, right? Like these two things happen: it's crack and then HIV, crack HIV, the, the in, full, and the industrialization and full into deindustrialization happened at the same time where people was figuring out how to force an entire country to get rid of a political and economic strategy, and and the force happening here in America pushing that. We don't give that nearly enough credit. But again, to the organizers of that time, they married the cultural and the political 
and legal strategies. Yeah. And I think this stuff, these conversations going forward, we need to do the same thing. Indeed, indeed. Man, I think that's a. Um, yeah, I don't know if we could say too much more saying that. Yeah, man, we said some stuff today. I just want to let y'all know. Man, that was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even see that one coming. That's yeah, heavy. man. That that was that's that's almost like that's almost lost history. That's almost lost on us. Like there's people in our generation that that I mean I've I've been in space with like yeah we we were out of the civil rights movement I'm be like yo there was people out fighting at the end the an apartheid government the whole all the way till we got out of high school right, like, right. what do y'all mean like but but it's like oh it it wasn't everybody's everybody everybody wasn't didn't feel as invested in that right and 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 didn't see that as a as a as a concurrent movement I mean even and just to reference and maybe this be my last word when. Um, like that, and I, and I really it packed me because it's one of the best books I read last year. But Dennis Dixon's book, Junior's book, you know, the Ra- movement made us, you know, because the story, you know, he's raised in our same age group in the eighties and nineties. So like the like, yes, his father and his parents were involved in the movement in the sixties, but the like continuum of his experience of like this dynamic with your parents was like it was still the eighties. It was still it was an active fight still going on to try to get. Stuff to go to do America to do right, absolutely. Yeah, you know I'm saying, and and that and that international work was tied in to that local work. That stuff was this was not. It was about a continuum of of ending, you know, you know, racial apartheid across the world, not just here, and um, or not just there, you know, as it was, you know, were. So, yeah, man, that's heavy. I'm gonna think about that some more. All right. Yeah, man. All right. Um. So, you know, recipes to Randall Robinson. If you don't know, I think we'll probably have to come back and have a Randall Robinson guy. Yeah, you know, you know, I will tell you, now that you're saying this, it's waking up memories of your right. Like, there were dialogues, thinking about Trans-Africa. So you think about Randall Robinson, think about Trans-Africa, um, his organization. But, yeah, I mean, we have to have a conversation about that. Again, because I think we could... One of the challenges with parts of being black in America is that everything is new. <laughs> like every 15 years, we come up with some shit like it's new. It's not new. Yeah. But what what they did and set those paths um, were were really important. So I do agree that we need, we need to come back to that. Yeah. So, um, all right. So with that, you know I mean, I'm saying, you know, take the best part for yourself and got anything else, anything for good or the order? There it is. All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Uh, good Brothers is a part of the Ash Overhead podcast, and I thank you for bearing with me as I am uh, in a very busy season, which I will at some point uh, speak of more somewhere in this in this form. Um, you can always support the podcast, number one, by listening, uh, by sharing the podcast wherever you listen, by rating and subscribing also support materially by searching me out on patreon justice raji and becoming a patron you can also go to askyouroldhead.com and buy a sweatshirt i mean you know direct support it always matters in any event i'm gonna cut it out right now and just say you know thank you for listening peace